Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I spent a part of Saturday uh, and into Saturday evening watching uh, episode 1 and 2 of uh, Full Swing. And Lucky had told me that this thing was coming to Netflix and it follows uh, professional golfers around and also dives into the whole uh, Live Golf uh, uh, league that's going well, on. I got hooked on the Formula One driven one and it was it was very well done and I'm not a big fan of, of Formula One but mm. I followed it you know, passively uh, and it was so well done that I was excited for this one and there's a tennis one too called Breakpoint oh, yeah. but I was excited because and I think it's Ian Poulter in the in the um, trailer for it says you've picked a hell of a year mm. to follow golf because it just so happened that they decided to do this thing they picked last year to do it mm-hmm. and this is the year that all the controversy happens and if you liked all you know the Amazon behind the scenes of the Leafs that kind of thing yeah. all, it's it's along those lines just behind the scenes following players everybody's mic'd up Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty fun. It's yeah, it's, it's access you're not normally granted. It's pretty interesting. And speaking of Ian Poulter, there's a great moment when you see him in the clubhouse just tossing his clubs all over right. the place. And it's funny because the other guys who are around him completely ignore it. Like nobody's going, hey, Ian, it'll be all right. You got to let the guy vent. Yeah. You know, he's got to get it out of his system. Well, and they don't care if he's if he's struggling. It means they're winning. So, well, that's right. And and you feel bad for him because he's got, uh, I think he's got like four kids, and his oldest son is, of course, becoming a golfer and pretty good and had never been to the U.S. Open, really wanted to go to the U.S. Open. So Ian was, uh, you know, trying to qualify for it and didn't. And so I think part of his anger was, uh, you know, letting his son down that he couldn't get him mm. to the U.S. Open. I haven't seen that part yet. Uh, it's, it's, Thanks for spoiling. Uh, you know what I want to say. Suck it up, kid. <laughs> You're flying home on a private jet. Right. You can't go to the U.S. Open. <laughs> Uh, he he seems like a really good dude, Ian Poulter. And uh, the other guy I really liked is uh, Joel Damon. I don't even know that I had heard of this right, guy yeah. before. He's like ranked seventy something. His own comment. It's it, it was a great comment. He goes, "Well, somebody's got to be seventieth, right? So it might as well be me." <laughs> <laughs> but his great playoff um, to at the U.S. Open, I think he ended up uh, going right down to the wire and tied for first place, and then and then lost. Uh, I guess last year. Uh, so overall, really well done. And you're right, the access uh, that you get to see that you normally wouldn't. Jordan Spieth and... Uh, Justin Thomas. Yeah, can really go away. <laughs> they are so <laughs> annoying. You know what's so annoying about them is there's one moment. You've seen this, so you saw the first episode, where they're on the, the private jet together, and they're trying so hard to be funny. And they're just not. Right. And it, they're just, it's that, you know, that whole frat boy thing that drives me crazy. <laughs> and they have that in spades. And then the other thing that happened, and I, I was almost ready to just turn it off and say, I can't, I can't do it, was, uh, I think in that first one, is it Brooks Kepka as well? Or is that no, part he's two? No, two. Yeah. Where some golf commentator refers to him as Brooksy. And again... You know how I am with the names. <laughs> oh, God, I thought, oh, please don't. Because I thought it was just a hockey thing. No, but I no, guess no. it's not. It's, it's all a sport. It's all sport does this. And then Brooks Kepka's wife is annoying. They should call it full annoying. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least the first two episodes. And she's, you know, giving him some speech about how you just got to focus. You got to, it's mind over matter. You got to want it to win. I'm thinking to myself, you're a B-rate actress who was like in Sharknado before this. All of a sudden you're a golf guru. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, she did zero in on what she wanted. Oh, she certainly did. She DM'd him, <laughs> and he DM'd right back. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, outside of the f- the first episode with those two uh, and, and uh, Brooks and his wife, it, I, you know... You just got to be able to relate to people sometimes when I'm watching a documentary. I like uh, a story of somebody who comes from not a lot, like the Joel uh, Damon uh, story. Yeah. Uh, you know, Is Caddy another great story? Oh, too, the two of them are best friends. Yeah. Um, they, uh, there's great moments. There was a, oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. I won't, I won't say, I won't say too much. Uh, but yes, they have some very funny moments together. And he's just so real. I mean, he didn't come from much, lost his mother to cancer at a young age. Mm-hmm. You know, fighting through those demons. Tony Finau, another great story, too. Oh, okay. They follow him a little bit. I think you'll see it later on. Yeah. They've got him in there. Yeah. Uh, and it was, well, I'll, I will say this, the Ian Poulter story, because so he goes and he's trying to qualify for the uh, U.S. Open. He doesn't make the cut. When he gets there, because he pulls up in this very nice SUV, because, again, they get cars given Courtesy to him, right? cars, Courtesy yeah. cars, And so he pulls up in that. And somebody's there, right there, to help him get his bags out. When you're out and done, you're on your own. You're hauling all your crap yourself. Yep. But then he gets to the airport and the private jet's sitting right there and two SUV BMWs or whatever. Right. Well, and, you know, it takes me back. There was a, a special on the Golf Channel years ago, um, which was basically like the road to the tour. Mm. And they followed guys uh, at different stages of their careers. Okay. You know, and so one was like Chris DeMarco, but he was still just trying to get into the yeah. PGA Tour and just cutting his teeth on it. I didn't have like that Masters runner-up stuff at that point. But they followed them like what was happening, the guys who didn't travel by private jet. Right. And that is perhaps even more interesting because, you know, one of them's in an RV. Right. Right. And right. go and not John Daly pulling into Hooters and having fun. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. basically in a tent trailer popping this thing up at every tour stop and trying to find a KOA to have a shower in right. before they go to the golf course. And then, you know, DeMarco had his wife and a couple of young kids and they're finding bed and breakfasts or staying with friends. She's going to coin laundries while he's going to practice. Yeah. And and that was actually very interesting to see. You know, and perhaps a reminder to some, for as many as there are the multi-millionaires who are, who are playing and flying private, there's a lot of guys who are just trun- trucking it along the road to get to that. Point. Yeah. Well, I think at one episode they talk about, and it might have been with the Joel episode in the U.S. Open, every year 10,000 people try. try to qualify yeah. for the U.S. Open. For like four spots. Yeah. And I guess, um, again, it's like a lottery where, you know, if you, you got to have all the numbers to win all the money. And if you have, like, five or six, you get, like, next to nothing. I think with Joel, even though he came in second to Colin, whatever his name is. Morikawa. Yeah. He uh, he only got, like, 400 grand. <laughs> like, only. But, no, yeah. But you know what but I mean? By comparison. Colin probably got, like, five million or, <laughs> or something. <laughs> Two private jets for Colin. But it, it's uh, overall, yeah, it's, uh, it's very well done. And it is interesting to see the lifestyle they, they lead. Took a 12 at the U.S. Open. Every time I <laughs> tin cock comes back to me. John Wick. John Wick 4 coming to the theaters March 24th. And so while we wait for John Wick 4, somebody decided to figure out how many injuries John Wick has sustained in the first three films. And he's been hurt a lot. Knocked to the floor 14 times. Thrown through glass 14 times. Shot in a bulletproof vest or suit 12 times. Stabbed six. Choked six. Hit by a car five. 
Car crashed into another car, four, throwing down stairs, three, hit with a flying object, two, hit with a metal pipe, two, shot without armor once. So some uh, law firm did, uh, did this study, and they also calculated that if he were to seek compensation, he'd be entitled to about $342,000. Wow. Yeah, I must like admit, enough. this is a, a movie series that has completely passed me by. I saw the first one. It's, you know, it's just crazy action. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it would be right up your alley. It seems so. Hmm. And it's Keanu. Right. You like, you like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I guess mm. I was watching The Wiggles or something at that point. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what? It would probably actually be a film film series that the boys and you could uh, enjoy now. Oh, all right. Because all that action. Yes. And I don't know if there's any humping in it. There's humping you can't be watching. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> John Wick gets laid. You bullets. Got yes. <laughs> Those bullets better be blanks. <laughs> Things are not going well for King Charles as he... Uh, organizes his uh, big party in uh, May for his uh, coronation. Now, I, and I say when he organizes, it's not like he's sitting and making calls. Right. Hey, it's, uh, it's KC here. <laughs> KC on the line. Listen. What are you doing in May? I wonder if you got a couple of days you could uh, give to us. So uh, a bunch of artists have been asked, and so far they've all said no. Now, we heard about... Um, Ed Sheeran and Adele both saying no. Ed saying that he was going to be in Texas performing and right. couldn't get back. Adele just hasn't given a reason as to why she doesn't want to do it. But now uh, Elton John has said no. Wow. The Spice Girls said no. Like, they're busy. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles, who was rumored to be a part of it, he's bailed. Really? And this is... <laughs> so These are the biggest names he's got to play and have agreed to play. He's got Lionel Richie. Okay. He's got a former British boy band named Take That, but minus their most famous member, Robbie Williams. Just say, yeah. And something called an Ollie Murs. To look up what Ollie Murs is, I wasn't sure if it was a singer or a band. Ollie Murs is a singer-songwriter who made his name on The X Factor in 2009. Okay. Not a star-studded event. Right. Like at this stage, who was, uh, who was the, the, uh, the Korean kid or the, um, he was a big deal on American Idol. She oh, bangs. right. Yeah. <laughs> he available? William Hung? Was that, that his name? name? Yeah. yeah. We'll get William Hung up there. <laughs> now, w- like what is it about, okay, I know King Charles has his baggage, but is this... Are people turning on him because of the Harry and Meghan thing? Are they turning on him because they just think he's kind of a lame duck king? Are they turning on him because of what went down with Diana all those decades ago? Like, I I don't know of anything, one particular thing he's done recently that has upset people this much. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of the the Harry and Meghan stuff has fallen back on him. Mm. Uh, and and the way he's kind of reacted to it, or or his relationship with his son, um, and that's not necessarily his own doing, by the way. There's Harry, Meghan play a role in that as well. No, for sure. I wonder if some of it is just the logistics. Like, if, like the big stars are like, nah, I, I do full shows to my own. Mm. You know, I don't want to be directed in how to do my three minutes to pay tribute to the king. But that being said, I mean, these are 
this hasn't happened in quite some time right? where they've had a changeover in the monarchy. You would think playing a role in that puts your name down in history. And for many, especially Brits, Mm -hmm. as a massive accomplishment or acknowledgement. Well, the other thing, too, is when it was the queen and it was her birthday or another anniversary of her time on the throne, all these big acts came out to perform in front of the castle. Right. So, yeah, I, I just wonder if the world is slowly or maybe quickly now turning its back on the monarchy. Like, we all hung in there for Queen Elizabeth. But now, you know, is there a lot of discussion of do we even need this anymore? Like, what's the point? Certainly so. I, and I think maybe a part of it could be, um, are we going to be doing this again in a couple of years? Right. right. <laughs> is, this, is this guy just really the placeholder? He's been waiting yeah. this long. <laughs> but they'll all come out for William? Perhaps. Maybe Harry wants to perform at that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want anything to do with uh, with King Charles. So, anyhow, it's uh, it's not looking good. You'll get a little say you, say me. <laughs> And that'll be the end of it. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles when they debuted in England in the 80s. Oh, all right. Well, I guess it makes sense in the terms that they were supposed to be heroes. Yeah. Yeah, and Ninja at the time had violent connotations, so they didn't want that one for the kids. Yeah, they were the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, when I read this at first, I thought to myself, can I even say this anymore? You know, we're also very woke, and I don't want to get canceled. But I'm going to say it. Okay. Chinese checkers was invented in Germany. Right. In 1892. What, what, what were you worried about? Oh, I the don't fact know. That Just they're... saying Chinese checkers. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Is, is it a racist right. term now? I don't know. No, it's the name of the game. Yeah. Do they still sell like Chinese checkers? Is it still sold in stores? I don't know. They call it Asian checkers <laughs> now. <laughs> Maybe I should just shut up. I'll end up getting myself in trouble. No, I believe it's just called Chinese checkers. Um, The story of Johnny Appleseed, who, by the way, his real name was John Chapman. Well, he didn't plant apple trees for people to eat. No, no, no. He planted them so people could make alcohol cider. Wow. Yeah. Everything's based around booze. Right. Um, A few scenes in There's Something About Mary was filmed in Plantation, Florida. Can you even say that anymore? I probably shouldn't say that. But when the city council found out what the movie was about, they asked not to be included in the credits. Really? Yeah. Well, really, what what was the movie about? It was about all these different guys having a crush on Mary and Ben Stiller, you know, loving her forever from high school and onwards. I mean, the hair gel bit, I guess, maybe threw them off. Yeah, like... The fact that Franks and Beans was being screamed right outside Maybe. their city hall or whatever that was. We've got a bleeder. Um, yeah, so the Plantation Florida said, no, we want nothing to do with that. Now, speaking of movies, no actor or actress ever won an Oscar for a performance in a Steven Spielberg movie until Daniel Day-Lewis did it in 2013 for Lincoln. Really? Now, I think a lot of his movies have won awards, of course, like Schindler's List, I think, won Best Oscar for movie. Jaws, a lot of effects awards, I guess. Yeah, maybe. That 70s show debuted in 1998, which is 18 years after the 70s ended. That 90s show debuted last month on Netflix, 23 years after the 90s ended. I don't know what that means or why, but... People nostalgic? I guess so. The, uh, the height of Mount Everest was originally calculated in 1865 at exactly 29,000 feet, but it was published as being 29,002 feet 
because scientists were afraid people would assume 29,000 was just a rounded estimate. Fake news. <laughs> Don't trust the science. That's right. Fake news of the day. <laughs> it is now considered to be 29,031.7 feet above sea level. And they say there's no funny business with the numbers, but right. I, don't, I don't trust them. I don't believe it. Somebody's Fitbit gave the exact yeah. number but of steps up. I may not believe them, but I'm not going to figure it out myself. No, <laughs> let's leave it as it yeah. is. I'll just think I just think they're lying. Um, in the 1800s in Austria, single women would put an apple slice in their armpit during dances. And at the end of the night, when it was good and sweaty, they'd give it to a guy they liked. And if he felt the same way, no, he'd eat no, the apple slice. <laughs> you know, it, it, I guess it's the apple. I mean, we've seen it through the decades, through the centuries with American Pie. So he's something going on with the apple, that poison apple, right? Adam and Eve, right? It's always been the apple. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and if you've ever held on to an apple slice for a little bit, I mean, it doesn't look all that appetizing. After a few minutes. No, could you imagine? Can't imagine a couple of hours under someone's armpit. And in the 1800s, she wasn't groomed. No. Picking the hair off her. <laughs> wow. All of a sudden, he's not so interested no. anymore. We're in love. <laughs> what were you eating? Why is hair stuck oh in your teeth? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, let's move on, shall we? Uh, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. The uh, longest game in baseball history lasted 33 innings. Holy cow. It was the, the Rochester Red Wings versus the Pawtucket Red Sox. Uh, 33 innings went 8 hours and 25 minutes. So a standard game. Yeah. Um, Feels like most are that long. Interesting you bring that up because this weekend, uh, some controversy in baseball over the new rules. They're finally starting the, the spring training games. Right. They had their first round of them this weekend. But one of the new rules is this pitch clock. So once the ball is returned to the pitcher, he has 15 seconds to deliver the next pitch. Wow. And there's an actual physical clock that's, you know, counting that down. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess with eight seconds remaining on that clock, the batter has to be ready set in the box. So they're trying to eliminate all the adjusting of the gloves tapping and the, the tapping of this and clearing off your spikes. Uh, holding up the sign to go. Right, you gotta adjust your chains. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so anyway, games happening, I think the Red Sox were playing, and with eight seconds left on the pitch clock, in a game that was tied in the bottom of the ninth inning, bases loaded, two out, two strikes. Mm. Like the premier yeah, the moment. dream scenario and the batter wasn't set with eight seconds left. Umpire called him out. Wow. Automatic strike freaked. is what it is. An automatic strike. It was the third strike. That's the end of the inning. They had to go to extra innings. Like, umps don't get yelled at enough. But the purists in baseball has a lot of them are yeah. saying, like, you imagine what happens in Game 7 of the World Series, an automatic strike call. But those are the new rules. Just get used to them and get set, I guess. Well, basketball has the shot clock, right? Right. Uh, what happens if you don't shoot within the time of the shot clock? Possession changes. Is it? Oh, okay. the other team. Oh, wow. Yeah, so hopefully baseball gets uh, gets used to it. I mean, do you think it'll really speed it up? I guess it must. I guess is oh, that for what sure. Is that what delays the most? Is it mostly is the pitcher getting ready? And the- well, just the, the time in between pitches right. and, and, and the time wasting right. that happens. Right. There's extra step backs for signals and... and you know, pause for timeout. Uh, right. No, you can't 
keep doing that all the time, and it becomes a bit of a mind game. Mm-hmm. Right, and the pitchers as well—they were changing up their the way they were approaching the the pitch, rocking on the mound. That stuff has to all stop too, and and just you know, throw the ball, hit the ball, <laughs> get back to the basics. <laughs> Let's get, get on this with game it. over with. So within eight hours and twenty five minutes, thirty three innings, the final score. The Red Wings 3, the Red Sox 2. It's our pally, Ted Reader, godfather of the grill. It's time for him to join us for Helinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? Can't complain, you know. Weather's crappy. It certainly is. It certainly is, my friend. Uh, Here's something that I think we can all um, agree on. And I've even had vegetarians say to me, the smell of bacon cooking could bring them back to meat. And I believe if we really want the world to reunite and not be so divided, Teddy Reader, bacon is what could bring us all to the table. Oh, bacon is a beautiful thing. It's a beauty, beauty, beauty. And Helena's has some pretty mighty tasty bacon. Um, But I'll tell you, you can do a lot with bacon. Um, You can wrap things in bacon. You can fry bacon and have it for breakfast. You can have bacon for lunch, for dinner, for a snack. You can fry off bacon, put it in a little Ziploc bag, and take it with you as a snack all day long. Have the dogs in the the neighborhood chase you around. (laughs) That's it. You know, there's... it's. You can, with, with a double smoked bacon, like their craft beer bacon at Helinda's, mm-hmm. you cut it about a half inch thick and you got yourself a beautiful bacon steak that you can season up lightly with maybe a bit of my bone dust barbecue seasoning rub and fire that on the hot grill and grill it up. And the thing about that European style double smoked bacon is that it doesn't have all that fat. It's been rendered out and cooked out of it a bit. And so it doesn't cause you the flare-ups that streaky bacon that you get in the package would normally do. Right. A bacon steak. Never had one. I want one right now. (laughs) Right this minute. Now, we've got so many different uh, types of bacon from, as you just said, the streaky bacon. we get got the female bacon. And I I love a female bacon sandwich. Sometimes find it a a little bland. You really got to, you know, uh, season it up or add a lot of condiments and such. Um, but I guess it's of all the bacons, the female bacon is the healthiest one. Well, it, it's the the female bacon comes from the loin, and it's a, a female bacon is a Canadian thing. It's definitely an Ontario thing, mm. and uh, it's a mighty tasty thing at that. I know that out in in Oshawa, my friend Louie, who owns uh, the Rainbow Diner mm-hmm. on on Simcoe, man, oh man, he cuts his his pineal bacon ever so thick like it's mighty thick and he puts that with his breakfast he puts it on a burger he makes a pretty pretty tasty pineal bacon sandwich over there so you gotta love louis for uh, for what he does at the rainbow and it's uh, it's pretty tasty and and pineal is good for for breakfast lunch and dinner as well mm-hmm. makes a great snack now we know that you uh, love to wrap Many, many things in bacon. Last night, actually, at the Venn Ranch, we did from Helinda's. They had stuffed chicken breast wrapped in bacon, and it was really good. But do you have a favorite thing, Ted, that you like to wrap and grill in bacon? Um, I love I love doing boneless, skinless chicken thighs wrapped in bacon. So, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. So you take a boneless, skinless chicken thigh, and you take a little bit of ground chicken as well. And you season that ground chicken up, whatever you want, little barbecue seasoning into a little garlic, little fresh herbs. And then you spread that on the cut side of the boneless, skinless chicken thigh. And you don't need much, just a very, very thin little layer. And then 
roll it up into a, a tight little pinwheel. Okay? Okay. And then wrap that tightly with a slice of bacon. Now, the key to wrapping it is that you take a slice of bacon and you put it on your cutting board and you stretch it out with your fingers, increasing the length of it. Okay? Can't okay. do that with a hot dog. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and, We've tried you, for uh, years to increase the length of it, Ted, but it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work, right? No. And <laughs> I went to so, the doctor about it. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> and so once you've stretched it out, uh, you've you've made the bacon a little bit thinner, so it's going to cook a little bit faster, so that it it gets nice and crispy on the outside. And you wrap that tightly around the chicken. Um, what I like to do is I like to put it on a, on a board, like a grilling plank, right. and pop it into your grill, 375 to 400 degrees, and let it cook slowly so that you render out that fat and you're not going to have a huge flare-up in your grill. You want to do it a bit indirect. Once that, uh, that fat has started to render, then you can increase your temperature, and you're going to get this nice, crispy, crispy bacon. Don't forget to season the bacon, a little sprinkling of barbecue spice on the outside of it, mm. and let her go in the grill until it's all nice and crispy. Ted, are there and, certain things that you're going to wrap? Like, like chicken, I think, or, or pork, some people might be a little, they're, they're great to wrap, but might be a little tough to determine when it's finished if it's already wrapped in bacon. Um, thermometer, right. internal temperature, so use a thermometer. But, you know, you can wrap anything in bacon. Carrots wrapped in bacon are really, really good. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. do that. Now, here's the only problem I had uh, yesterday when, because uh, I roasted, I, I threw these, uh, these uh, chicken breasts with the bacon into the oven for like about an hour, hour 15, at like 350 till it got to 165. But then I had to uh, take them off and I had to toss them in the frying pan to brown up the bacon because the bacon didn't really get all crispy and brown in the oven. So what, where, what was your oven temperature first? 350. Yeah, yeah, you got to take that up to four and a quarter. Oh, okay. All right. You're cooking too low. Okay. All right. Too low. Bring it up a little higher. Uh-huh. And what I do if I'm if I'm using my oven and, and roasting chicken, whether it be legs or drums or wings, is I get a wire rack and I put it inside the pan first so that I lift the chicken off the off the bottom of the pan and so that the air circulates all the way around and you get even cooking and that skin gets nice and crispy. I was gonna say I've seen a lot of recipes that are using the air fryer for that type of thing now too, even for for stuffed chicken breasts. You can put anything in the air fryer. I have an air fryer. It's like the greatest thing. And I'm just and I'm just messing around with simple things. But right. like you can put a whole chicken in that if it's big enough. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Right. It makes great French fries. We're, we use the air fryer for a lot of that. And speaking of the rack in the oven, I did uh, baked potatoes with the chicken last night. And the recipe I was following said, "Don't just throw them in the oven or don't wrap them." I didn't realize this because I used to make baked potato all the time and i'd always wrap it in tinfoil but this recipe i was following said don't do that because the steam inside doesn't let the skin get all nice and crispy and so i just cooked them uh put the fork uh, holes into the potato so it didn't explode but then at the end i melted butter you know, that's a myth eh? oh really is it really 
Yeah, potatoes don't just go up and explode like a bomb. <laughs> oh, they don't. <laughs> right? They would, they would on me. So the poking the holes isn't necessary. You don't have to. No, it's not. You could just pop them in the oven and you'll be just fine. Oh, okay. There yeah, I was. You're not going to find a baked potato all exploded all over your oven and things are going to go downhill real fast there, Ben. I'll tell you what, Ted. You can survive without, you know, I can't believe you needed a recipe to bake a potato. Well, no. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, that's pretty pathetic. No. Anybody knows you take a potato put it in a hot oven. That's it. The Ven's got to get the full recipe out and have a read of that. I know You probably that. spent three hours in the afternoon looking at that potato recipe trying to determine what you were going to do. Just poking uh, holes in my potato. The problem is he was the loaded part of the loaded potato. Listen, I'll tell you what, you guys. Here's the thing. I understand the concept of a baked potato. I was looking for a nice way to finish the potato, and what I did at the end in the last ten minutes was I took the potatoes out and I coated them all with melted butter and salted them and threw them back in, and that really got the skin all nice and crispy. You went way out on the ledge with that one, Ted. Yeah, it was crazy. Salt and butter to a potato. I'll tell you what. <laughs> You're the first. Did you put the butter on the inside eventually, or was it only on the outside Listen, of the potato? On the inside went a whole bunch of stuff, including a hell of a good dip. You know, it's, it's funny that over here, Lucky mocks me. He doesn't even know where the oven is in his house. In the, in the real world, it's 2023. In the Lucky House, it's 1945. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, his wife has to have his slippers and pipe laid out for him when he gets home. And a martini. Oh, yeah, children aren't allowed to look at him till he's had at least three martinis. Right. It's a whole thing. Well, she better not use the book to bake that potato, though. <laughs> Listen, I don't care what either of you say. It was a lovely baked potato. And if it ever does explode because I don't prick my potato, I'm sending you the bill for a new oven, Petty. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine there. All right. Now, if anybody needs tips on baking a potato or boiling water, how do they... <laughs> uh, you're going to find me at tedreader.com or at Ted Grills in the social media world. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.